This podcast is brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA Exam Prep Program. The TSM NCA Prep Program offers internationally trained lawyers courses taught by practicing lawyers in Canada, expertly designed study guides, exclusive networking opportunities with top Canadian law firms, and employability sessions, arming you with all the tools you need in order to hit the ground running in your pursuit to practicing law in Canada. To find out more about the program, you can email ncaprep at torontosom.ca. podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind the professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell, and this is episode five of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey series. This NCA series will focus on individuals who have already or are currently undertaking the accreditation journey in Canada, as well as key stakeholders across the NCA spectrum. We will uncover motivations, anxieties, failures and triumphs in an aim to showcase the wide-ranging experiences many people face when looking to become a lawyer in Canada. Our fifth guest in this series is Bhavna Fatnani. Being a curious rebel since early childhood, Bhavna decided it was best to study law in order to bring big changes to society, having seen disparity close up. Professionally qualified as a lawyer and company secretary, the corporate rat race didn't diffuse the fire for bringing change. She gained her expertise with big brands like Morgan Stanley, Unilever, and Thomson Reuters, among others. She realized that to bring a change, she had to start at the grassroots level. Hence, she also consulted with the Ministry of Corporate Affairs and the Government of India for corporate litigation matters before relocating to Canada. Something that she's passionate about include treating everyone fairly, writing, living a healthy lifestyle, great food, and giving back to society. Hi, Bhavna. Hi, Anton. Hi, yeah, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. Well, it's my pleasure to be doing something like this. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yes, of course. Yeah, so uh, I think I'd like to start by learning a little bit about where you're from um, and some of your educational background and, and some of what inspired you to get involved in studying law. So I am from India. I am qualified as a company secretary and a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, While I was doing my articling to be licensed as a company secretary, I was managing Morgan Stanley as my client, wherein the vice president legal encouraged me to explore the legal side of the business. And that was my cue to enter the legal industry and get an exposure there. So wow, that would have that was sorry about to interrupt, but that would have been interesting. Um, that would have been a nice vote of confidence <laughs> from right. somebody in an organization in an institution like that recommends that you get involved in law in some way. You you better do it, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, that that was my first inspiration, if you would like to say it. Yeah, that that is how I started off, uh, kind of wanting to explore the legal side, and then I went on to work in different laws majorly of course it was corporate law because i had a company secretary Mm -hmm. um, background as well 
Mm-hmm. But I did end up doing work for food licensing and trademarks, all of those as well. So I've wow. kind of had a varied exposure. Yeah, no kidding. And all of that work was uh, has been done so far in India. That's right. Yeah. Wow. And so, what is what is the uh, the legal community like in India? Is it um, is it predominantly corporate commercial? Is it international? Or I mean, like in Canada, there's all kinds, obviously, and I'm sure the same's in India. But how how would you describe your experience in practicing law in India? Practicing law in India is much simpler than practicing in Canada, for sure. <laughs> really? Because, yeah, you just get um, enrolled with a university, you get your degree, and you can practice in that very same state as province, we call it in Canada. Mm. And you don't have additional exams to write. And I only see. if you want to practice, practice across uh, India, then you have to write the All India Bar exam. I see. So if you go to school in a particular state, then you graduate with your LLB and you're able to practice in that state immediately. That's right. Right. Interesting. So every state has got um, varying laws. So if you want to practice throughout India, you have to write some exams that make you proficient, right, in in the different state laws. Well, it's a little different in India. We have... Uh-huh. Uh, laws applicable across India. So Mm -hmm. we don't have different laws for different states as we have it for different provinces in Canada. That's Mm. the starking difference, I would say, that exists between the two countries. Right. So, yeah, to practice law in a state, yes, enrolling with the State Bar Council is required, Mm -hmm. but the laws are applicable across India. I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I suppose it's interesting to me. I've I've never actually had a conversation with with somebody about actually practicing law in India, and uh, it's um, it is interesting to learn about. Usually, my conversations um, stem from me explaining how or what you need to do in order to practice law in Canada. Like my history being that I was working in recruitment for a UK law school. So a lot of students would ask me, okay, once I get my degree, how do I get back to Canada and start practicing? So it's interesting to learn the the qualifying processes in other countries. So you've, yeah, you, so you, your company secretary, like, what do you do now? Like what, what's your, what's your role now? And I mean, you had varying experiences in law and outside of law. So what do you do now? So with the break that COVID has given me and with a lot of time on hand, I have now started uh, taking up assignments on a freelance basis for legal writing. Okay. I ended up writing blogs, articles, and website content for lawyers and professionals alike. Mm. And since I was always passionate about writing, I've been contributing articles to various publishing um, platforms. Right. This was a combination for me to mix my degree and my passion together. So I, yeah. I hope I do good with this going forward as well. Well, it sounds like things are going well. And I think it's interesting <laughs> because COVID has forced a lot of professionals to rethink or sort of remodel their career right. path. You know, like everybody's got this idea in their head that uh, there's a trajectory in their career and that's what they'll follow. But then all of a sudden, when you hit an un, you know, something that you don't 
foresee um, coming, like a mm-hmm. global pandemic and everything's shut down. Um, thank goodness for technology, I guess, because technology allows you to be an entrepreneur in some ways. You know, it allows you to say, okay, what are my skills? How can I market them? So how did that go? Like, how, you have obviously in your relationships with, with the work that you've been doing before, that, is that how right. you kind of started marketing yourself in this new nuanced area? Uh, no, actually, I didn't use any of the big brand names that are existing on my resume. Mm-hmm. All I showed was the samples that were published by a reporter, which is India's first women's only newspaper, mm-hmm. wherein I've been contributing since 2017. Okay. So that was my base to go out in the market and you know, just say, I can write. These are the ones that were published. So give me a chance and I will write for you as well. Wow, and that's good. Thankfully, I have been working with clients globally. Like I have clients from Canada, the UAE, and India. Wow, that's amazing. It's a, and so, I mean, how do you go about marketing and, and networking in COVID times? Like, you're, you know, we spoke before the podcast, and you used the word stuck, <laughs> right, in India. Like, <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, like, even it's it's one thing to be in India and choose to be there and move when you want to. It's another thing to be in India or even for me in Canada, because I've got a fiance who's Australian and it would be nice to go to Australia, but we can't. (laughs) So it's a different kind of mentality, right? So how do you go about um, networking and communicating with these global, I guess, clients of yours? Is it through LinkedIn, social media, or or, yeah, just, just walk us through that process a bit. Okay, before I get into the marketing aspect, I'll tell sure. you the reason why I said I was stuck in India. Sure. I was I was in Canada, in Toronto, until February, and then I had a short trip planned, oh, which no. I had to extend <laughs> because I could not fly back. Right. That is the only reason why I said I'm stuck in India. Oh, no. Bad Although I would, I'm pretty happy staying home. Like, I get home-cooked food. My mom yeah. cooks really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's pros <laughs> That's and cons. That's a plus. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I was like, when I just before COVID hit, like you said, in February, I went to Japan in February. And yeah, I like, basically, I would have been Japanese. (laughs) If I stayed for another week, (laughs) I would have been stuck. But um, luckily, I suppose, I mean, although I love Mm. Japan, I mean, Tokyo is amazing. But luckily, we just kind of sort of got out of there before the lockdowns hit hard. So yeah. So anyway, um, the marketing side of things. So you were doing that yeah. in Canada, and I, I get, I guess, were did so, you actually? Yes, I yeah, did go ahead. Start of writing yep. in Canada mm-hmm. for a real estate lawyer. That was my first gig, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, since it went well, while I am in India, I could just use LinkedIn and other social media platforms, and you know, explore. So LinkedIn has been my best friend. I would say that to everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. go out there, put yourself there. And a lot of people are actually out there motivating you to write more. Yeah. There there are times when people are stuck with their thoughts and they can't come up with actual words that they want to write. Mm -hmm. But whatever you write and it's appreciated is kind of motivating for everybody. So, yeah. Yeah, I've noticed. Probably not overthink and just go out and write. Right. Yeah. And put yourself out there. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. So your experience in Canada, did you have any, um, I guess, 
did you have a motivation to undertake the NCA process as an internationally trained lawyer? Well, my journey for Canada did not actually start with the NCA process. It started uh-huh. with a permanent residency application. Yep, as that it does for kind of, a lot. It, start, it does for yeah. a lot of people, yeah. And that was actually inspired because a few of my friends moved there to Canada. Okay. So, like, since everybody was moving, I was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. That was my cue. Like, okay, I want to move out of the house now. Yeah. And... So my PR application started first and alongside I was doing some research, getting to know the people in the industry there, thinking what I could work as, like, should I stick to the corporate line that I have been working in or probably explore the legal aspect again? Mm -hmm. So the NCA was the best way to get into the market, get the accreditation done and become licensed. So that's how my NCA journey started. I, as such, don't have any motivation. (laughs) I did not bring about any big changes in the industry. I am doing step-by-step process. Mm -hmm. I'm writing one exam every session, Mm -hmm. taking it slow, not being overwhelmed. And as well as working on my entrepreneurship aspect. So, yeah, it's all going well for me as such. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who take like five exams in one session. And then right. there, are, there are others like you who do the one exam per session. And it sounds like that's a really good balanced approach for you because you've got this sort of business that you're you're building in legal writing, legal copywriting. Right. So um, it's it's a good way for you to work on your accreditation sort of in the background and have that but also build what you're passionate about. It sounds like you're passionate about writing, right? And creating. Right. That, that's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. So you've, what, what stage are you at now in the NCA process? Like, have you completed an exam yet or, or are you just going to be starting soon? So I was assigned a total of seven exams out of which I've written three. Uh-huh. I wrote one in August, which was the first time we went online. Yes, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So that that was a big change for everybody actually. Like the whole NCA process was revamped and mm-hmm. it, it was kind of stressful, I would say honestly, because different time zones now that I am in India and you know, they were first offering only in the eastern time zone, the slots were available only during that. Mhm. Thankfully, NCA came up with the option with, of global timing, so we could, you know, rearrange. Otherwise, I would have been up at three in the morning writing the NCA paper. Yeah, that would have been ridiculous. And how how was so? You register for your time slot, right? And okay. and you get your time slot, and then you sit in, I guess, a virtual exam room. And maybe for people who have yet to undertake the NCA exams online, I think it would be useful for you to just go through your experience on the day of the exam. So, you know, what you did and then how the exam felt to you online and if there were any issues or anything like that, just run run us through sure. it. Sure. Uh, so basically, I wrote administrative law, which was the third exam in the NCA timetable. Mm-hmm. So I had heard from a lot of friends that foundation and constitutional law was you know, not that great. The questions were out of the syllabus. The technical glitches were happening. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had to keep waiting for hours to get online and write. 
so that was um triggering some stress for me but since i was about to write at 2 o'clock in the afternoon india time i logged in at 130 and i checked with the proctor like if there is any wait time or how do we go about it so monitor edu was the organization which was helping us go online and write our exam so they were pretty comfortable and friendly over the chat to tell us like there are no wait times at least for the admin law exam so got, i started you, on time you got lucky <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that was like a major relief and thankfully again i did not have too many technical glitches as well and yeah. the proc i was yeah i was of course proctored through remote monitoring one through the webcam and one through the phone so how does that work yeah. what what does that mean exactly so there's a proctor who will be virtually monitoring how you write your exam you have to be seated in a closed room with mm-hmm. of course all your printed material you do not get your online resources to use yeah so just in person exams are converted online with all the hard paper material that you need mm-hmm. and the proctor will keep an eye it's a 4 hour exam thankfully because a lot of people complained that the typing speed was not as fast as nca thought we would be right so even for the october session they've been kind enough to keep it 4 hours instead of 3 and yeah so basically just being proctored virtually instead of in person proctoring and so all of that being said I guess how do you feel you did and how do you feel that process was like do you prefer the um in person examination writing or do you not mind the I suppose your experience online was actually okay no delays you know this and that yeah. but but if if let's say you had a 4 hour delay I guess in person exam writing would be better but maybe in your case it was okay online it was actually better than the in person experience because even with the delay i would uh-huh. say because um uh, writing it online gave gave me a chance to go back and edit my answers which i would not have been able to do if i was writing on paper right interesting so that and was I, a plus for me and i suppose i am yeah, yeah. sorry no 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 go ahead sorry about that because i am a little slow with the case laws i i am not that great with it i would say so mm. i need a little time to go back look into the book and mention the case law for the subject answer that i was writing mm-hmm. so h- how i wrote my exam was i wrote all the principles first and then went back to my books and picked up relevant case laws and inserted them later right and i guess another aspect to online exam taking could be that you do it kind of in the comfort of your own home exactly like, yes it, that was another good thing that happened because otherwise in india we just have one center in new delhi where we have to travel and write right so yeah. since i am from mumbai i would have to take about a 3 hour flight oh, go geez. there in person and write and yeah. of course stay back because like a day in advance and a day later because i cannot take the same day flight it's kind of stressful of course it would be yeah and i mean that i mean when you describe it like that that's a completely <laughs> different and I would say I mean well I I don't know some people might enjoy that but much very much a different experience to right. just being able to write from home it must be so much easier and I think I mean it would be interesting I guess to see if covid has spearheaded 
this new form of online exam taking now that the NCA will will undertake, whether or not it's a hybrid of in-person and online. Um, it'll, yeah. be in- it'll be interesting to see. I think there's obviously some things that need perfecting. Um, and that's, you know, that's technology and everybody's new to this. I think some, I mean, a lot of people were quite displeased with the process because of the wait times and, and even right. the exam design. But I I kind of, like, you know, you have to kind of give them a bit of a pass in saying, all of this happened so fast and it's hard to rearrange your entire examination model. Like if your business is to administer mm-hmm. exams then and and you do it one way and then the world says, no, now you need to do it a completely different way. Of course, it will take time and there will be hiccups. So I think um, we'll see how it goes, but I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not they ever go back to in-person exam taking, especially for internationals like yourself. Right. There is another um, good thing that they've done with the online session is that they've offered people who were not happy with their August exams to write again in the September session. They've held a special session altogether for only those people. So Mm -hmm. they gave us an option to go back and correct whatever wrong that we wrote. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think that's an acknowledgement that, look, you know, we're not perfect. So, if, you know, yes. if something if something happened during your exam that threw you off, then, OK, let's mm-hmm. let's see what we can do for you. So that's yeah, I think that's reasonable. So um, do you have plans to come? I, I suppose you, you might you would have plans to come back to Canada um, as soon as you're able to. Or are you now? sort of rethinking that and, and happy to be in India? What, what are your thoughts on your, your future? So I would just want to wait out the winters and then come back next uh-huh. year somewhere around April and yeah. finish off with the licensing process, like do my bar solicitor's exam and then get into articling. Yes, yeah, a long way, go, long way to go for becoming a lawyer. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, <laughs> I will get back to that definitely next year. And that's the thing. Like, I think you could think of it as it's a long way to go to become a lawyer, but then you could think I have so much time to build up my business of, you know, doing this creative writing and and professional writing for, for industry and for law firms. So I think that's right. And also to network with people in the industry. Yeah, so of course. What part of all together? What part of Canada um, where did you move to and will you be moving back to? So I stayed in Toronto uh-huh. for about nine months. Uh-huh. But now I'm inclined to move to Vancouver and explore there. So. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the weather conditions are the major triggers to explore a new province altogether for me. Yeah, I know. It, Toronto can get pretty harsh. Like, I'm talking to you from Toronto now and <laughs> it can be like... 35 degrees and humid in the summertime and then minus 20 and (laughs) frigid Mm. in the wintertime so Vancouver is less cold and there's less snow so I guess yeah and and it's much prettier than Toronto is so (laughs) that's that's also a plus I've been lucky enough to visit more than a few times so yeah it's a good place to start and you know there's a lot of really great resources and lawyers and and networking communities for internationally trained lawyers in Vancouver and in BC. Like I, in a previous podcast episode, spoke with Siobhan Lennox, who's the president of Global Lawyers of Canada, uh, BC chapter. So 
I mean, she does amazing she's work. She's been pretty active and encouraging on LinkedIn with all my posts as well. So, yes, I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah. And, and I think when COVID is over, it'll be really great for you guys to be able to catch up. If you do go to Vancouver, then definitely, um, catch yeah. up and network. So, yeah, I mean, resources like that are available to internationally trained lawyers who go out and seek them out, you know. So hopefully, you know, podcasts like this can help um, inspire other people to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're doing a great work. Thank you for doing this. A lot of people <laughs> are going to really, you know, gain a lot of insight in the NCA process and how to go about making their way in the legal industry. Yeah. And I think like every there are there are people who are doing really great work in explaining the process in sort of black and white terms, like here's what you have to do, here are the steps but, uh, you have to take. But I was always interested and I think um a lot of people are interested in not only the process. Okay, the process is the process. But what about you, like as a person, like what do you do, like what are your plans personally and how into law are you really? Like, okay, you're internationally trained. I think there's some presumption that if you've trained as a lawyer or if you have a law degree, then you love law and you absolutely want to do that for the rest of your life and you want to save the world. <laughs> you're like, but it's, it's not necessarily the case. And I think it's really interesting to learn from all kinds of people to see, you know, like Siobhan moved to... Alberta and was skiing, you know, and, and like, wow. and she is. Yeah, so she was working in Banff and she, I mean, she networked there. And I think she always had a long term plan of being a lawyer, but everybody mm -hmm. has a different journey. And I think that's really interesting to, to hear. And I think it's probably, I hope, refreshing for people to know that um, they're not alone in the journey. And everybody's, you know, I spoke to um, mm -hmm. uh, Rabia, who's from Pakistan, and I'm speaking to you, Bhavna, right. and you're, you're in India, and everybody is embarking on this journey and figuring <laughs> it out. So why not just talk to each other over a podcast? Yeah, that, that, was, the, that was the thinking anyway. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I could be a part of it, honestly. Well, and I'm, I mean, again, this is a good, <laughs> a good, I suppose, example of the effectiveness of social media. I became aware of you on social media you made a facebook post and then i looked you up on linkedin and i read some of your posts and here we are talking about you know <laughs> the ncas yeah. and and your journey so i think um yeah of course i mean social media is really important so i think it's a good place to stop i think your your journey is far from over but it, it sounds really exciting and the work that you're doing. And I hope that, you know, I'll include your LinkedIn profile link in the um, in the description of the podcast. And I hope that people check it out and connect with you. And I just hope that this yeah. this, you know, continues to grow your network and other people's networks. And um, I wish you good luck on the journey. Thank and you I, so much. Yeah. And I hope that. Um, your trip to Vancouver is sooner rather than later, so you can explore. And um, yeah, thanks for joining me today, Bhavna. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. does it for episode five of a shot of life nca series I'd like to thank bhavna for taking some time i know the time difference meant that she was doing that rather late at night so i i definitely appreciate that and i'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well i think her, her journey to the nca process is is interesting and unique in its own right and i hope people learned from you know her experiences practicing law 
in India, acting as a corporate secretary, um, her dealings and networking internationally and how that's helped shape her, her network and, and her future aspirations as well. Uh, it's really interesting for me to learn a lot about the way people are using social media in their networking, especially in COVID times. You know, just because everybody's shut in doesn't necessarily mean you can't get out there, quote unquote. So it was really interesting for me to learn about that. And I definitely encourage everybody to check her out on LinkedIn and um, I'll provide a link to her LinkedIn profile in the Facebook post of this podcast, as well as in the description. So thanks again, Bhavna, and um, to everybody else, we'll speak again soon.